0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of from the boardroom to the locker room and you could be our one thousand and first member of our podcast community. Thank you so much for everybody listening to our podcasts every night and every other night if you don't listen every night. we're happy to have you on board. okay, so it's a Monday evening, and that means we look back at the major sporting stories of the weekend as well as giving you the major sports stories of the day, and uh, there have been one or two very interesting sports stories indeed today. One of those revolves around the South African cricket team, a team that I have, let's just say, bashed around a bit in the last couple of weeks, as you well know, and my feelings have clearly not been the same as uh, everybody, but yes, it has reflected the majority of our podcast listeners' thoughts of where the South African cricket team should be going and what they should be doing and how they should be fixing it. So, uh, what has happened today is Lance Kuzner has said, no, thank you, I do not want the job. He was, over the weekend, being touted as the favourite to lead the South African team going forward. Well, he said, no, he'd rather be the coach of a franchise team. I wonder whether there is the possibility of him looking ahead to an IPL position in the long run. Of course, uh, his big mate, Mark Boucher, has got the job of the Mumbai Indians. And I guess there's a lot more money in the competition. Now, while we're talking about cricket, tomorrow is the first of a whole host of T20 matches in South Africa's version of the IPL. Now, it's quite horrible to say that because I always get upset when people say baby AB. There's only one AB, then Brevis is Brevis. So we mustn't keep referring to the South African version of the IPL. Let's call it the South African T20, the SAT20, which is what its name is. And tomorrow it's a derby between the Cape Tonians and the Powell Rocks. They are playing in the opening game, the Mumbai yeah. Indian Cape Town franchise against the Powell Royals. It gets underway at Newlands tomorrow. It uh, features 33 matches. It's co-owned by the Indian Premier League as teams go for 70 million rand in prize money. There will be a week's break to fit the Proteus three-match one-day international series in against England. And those three one-day internationals are why South Africa are pretty much coachless at the moment, and they are desperate to get into the competition. Now, Fafdip Bessie, the former Proteus captain, was pre-signed by the Joburg Super Kings, he has returned to the Super Kings brand after being part of the IPL title-winning Chennai Super Kings over the last eight years. He retired from Test Cricket in South Africa, has had to witness the Proteus disastrous tour to Australia, along with the rest of us. Looks as bad through his eyes as through ours, I guess. Now, the Australians outplayed Dean Elgar's side. We lost the series 2-0. It ended over the weekend. If credit to the South Africans, where credit is due, and thanks to the 13th man, the rain that helped South Africa end the game in a draw. They did bat it out, thanks to the two spinners, who didn't take any wickets, the two spinners, but they did bat really well to uh, hold off the Australians and uh, successfully keep the Aussies out. Five overs to spare, and they called it quits. But again, no form for the captain, Dean Elgar on his way back to South Africa as the under-fire skipper. He does still have the hunger to lead the team and continue on as a. So, the only problem is that the team are coming back from a test series where the disastrous batting performances. And now they come back to South Africa and they're going to be involved in a T20 competition for the next month. And in the middle of that, three games in the 50 overs. Of course, Elgar doesn't play in either of those, but be that as it may, the next time he's going to play test cricket is going to be in March when South Africa played two matches against the West Indies. And even then, when they play those two matches against the West Indies, between now and March, He's going to have absolutely no cricket out in the middle, none whatsoever. So it really is a terrible situation and one that the South African selectors need to look at and try and find some kind of resolution. Now, we will be talking to Jacques Fall tomorrow. He's the CEO of the Titans franchise in Pretoria or Centurion. I bet not say Pretoria, it's Centurion and we'll be chatting to him. He, of course, was the former CEO of Cricket South Africa. And we will be obviously bowling a bouncer or two at him. Not that I've got anything against shock. I think he's done an outstanding job when he was in the role. But I'm hoping that he is going to be open and frank with us when we chat to him tomorrow about the state of South African cricket. Because at the end of the day, irrespective of what we all say, the bottom line is that whether we were a selector, a player, the captain or anything else, we want the best for. Team, We want the best for the supporters and we all want our teams to do well. But right now, we're on the brink of not qualifying for the World Cup. That's the 50-over World Cup. We are and have made some really weird decisions with regards to not staying on in Australia to play in a one-day series there. Little did they know that it might have been another whitewash and that really wouldn't have been good to lose the Australians in the Tests and the one-dayers. And then, as I say, our uh, program going forward sees two test matches in March and then another two at the end of the year. So you've got somebody employed by Cricket South Africa, and I'm not talking just about Dean Olga. a whole load of players contracted who just play test cricket. And all they're going to do is play four test matches. And the way South Africa plays, the games might not last more than four days. So when you work it out, let's just hypothetically say they're on a half a million rand or a million rand as a contract for Cricket South Africa. I would love to work for a company that only expects me to work a maximum of 20 days because that's really what it is. It's five days, four test matches. Yes, I know there's a bit of practice and some traveling and staying in lovely hotels and swimming in hotel pools and eating hotel food, all those terrible things that people really don't want to do. But of course, 20 days, I'll work for a company for a minimum of, I guess, half a million rand. And wait a minute, I forgot. And they get bonuses to play. Oh, and I forgot. And then they get Man of the Match awards if they're good enough. Oh, and I forgot. They get appearance fees. Oh, and I forgot. There's sponsorship. Oh, and free clothing and shoes and boots. And then they go and play against Australia the way they did. No wonder we're annoyed. No wonder we're upset. I don't mind losing. God, I hate losing to Australia. That's the bottom line. And England. But be that as it may, we've lost to both, haven't we? But be that as it may, I don't mind losing if we put up a fight. If we try and we show that South African spirit. Anyway, that's enough about the Proteus. We'll talk more of them tomorrow when we speak to Shark Fall. And uh, I will obviously be voting the odd bouncer, Yorker or two. But I know Jacques, he'll answer as honestly and openly as he possibly can. And I'll try my best not to ask him questions that he feels uncomfortable answering. Right. So what else happened over the weekend? I'm so disappointed. Oh, my goodness. Again, I say I hate losing. Well, my rugby team, the Stormers, they went and concocted how they did it. I don't know. Argentinian wing Sebastian Cancellieri grabbed the Glasgow Warriors, a dramatic 24-17 win over the Stormers, who should, if they had their kicking boots on, been in the lead of the game and not conceded that try in the last minute. But what a game of rugby. I know it's often said "Ah, rugby was the winner. Well, if you're a Stormers supporter, you'll say that. (laughs) If you're a Glasgow supporter, you'd say Glasgow were the winner. Good game. Amazing game. Nice to see the former Stormers' centre, Hugh Jones, played an outstanding game. Deserved his Man of the Match award. Also, Kyle Stain scored a try. And if that's not enough, the former assistant Springbok coach and Cheetah's mentor, Franco Smith, is the man in charge of the Glasgow side. And I don't know if it was, but I'm sure it was Bobby Skinstead who was doing the commentary. So sure, it sounded just like Bobby. So, A lot of South African interest in the game. Unfortunately, the victors might have been South African, but they weren't playing in the blue of the Stormers. Now, again, like I said, I don't mind losing if the team puts up a good fight. And the Stormers did. They put up a very good fight. They were away from home for the first time in a while. They've come off some huge successes against the uh, Bulls and against the Sharks and the Lions. And that brings me to the sharks and the bulls oh boy did we send a schoolboy team overseas i think we did i think the bulls really um as well as the sharks although the sharks we do know did send a second string side because their thought process is going forward and they were thinking of how and what they're going to do in their next match on the tour but they have themselves to blame do the sharks they need to there's so many players in a team these days that you don't have to take with two teams. But anyway, they didn't give a good start. They were terrible in the first half. They did come back a little bit better in the second half, but they still lost 24-12. And, you know, coming from what right now might just be hot and humid, but not blustery and rainy Durban. And that's what it was like at Connaughts at the weekend. So, unfortunately, not a very good performance by the Sharks in this one. But let's talk about the Bulls for a while, shall we? I know that Mr. Jake White was not very happy with uh, his uh, team. He wasn't happy just himself. He had flu, and apparently some of the other players also had a bit of flu. But my goodness, that's just an excuse. That's like Susie. Remember Susie, apparently in the 1995 All Blanks? That's just him. I don't know what was going on. So the Bulls, Dragons... They came out in the end. Powerful scrum was better. They got a bonus points uh, in Newports, albeit for the team that was not 100% up to scratch, unlike the Lions, who got completely hammered. So now, 29-14 bonus point win in Newports, and Jake White's sick with his team at all, hopefully going forward to the next game in uh, the Heineken Cup and doing a lot better. Okay, so what else happened over the weekend? Anybody Aston Villa fans? Mm I don't think there are too many that are going to say they are this morning. Dumped out of the FA Cup by a team in the fourth division. All right, it says the second division, but it's not really because there's the Premier League, there's the Championship, and then there's Division One and Division Two. Stevenage. My word. Were there some unbelievable matches over the weekend? The FA Cup is what it's all about. A 2-1 win for Stevenage over Aston Villa yesterday. And as the manager says, it will be a tale for the players to tell their grandchildren for many, many years to come. They were so good. 3,000 of their fans travelled to Villa Park. They went to goal to nil down. You thought, ah, oh, there we go. Playing against the Premier League side, they will come out victorious. And guess what? Villa just lost the plot and eventually lost in the dying moments of the game. I think that's the best time for a team that's in the fourth division to actually score a winner, because any earlier than that, you can have that Premier League side going at you at 100 miles an hour. So the uh, Stevenage and their reward for winning the game is a tie with Stoke City, a team from years gone by who are also right up there at the top of the echelons of English football. They will play Stoke City in the next round. But now, Stevenage knocking out Aston Villa was most probably the biggest upset of the weekend. However, there were a couple of results. One, for example, in which Graham Potter will be wondering how long he can hold on to his job for, because he has had a very painful time as the manager of Chelsea. got off to a relatively good start. They're now 10th in the league only 10 points away from a top-four spot. But that doesn't tell the story because they've been on the losing run now for quite a while and they were so outplayed, 3-0 down by the time they got to half-time and then eventually lost by four goals to nil against the Manchester City side that looked like they might be back on track after one or two matches that uh, you thought that maybe perhaps they were beginning to waver a little. Well, that wasn't the case. They are through to the next round. And guess what? How difficult is the draw when you just come past Chelsea and then you're most probably going to face another London side named Arsenal, the team that are above you in the Premier League. Oh. So they played Chelsea in midweek and then they had to play Chelsea again on Sunday. And now they've drawn either the winners of Oxford against Arsenal. That game is tonight. It's the only outstanding fixture of the weekend and Arsenal, well, the form they've been in, you will most probably think that they'll be through to the next round. But Arsenal fans listening this evening will be saying, please don't say that, please don't say that, commentator's curse, you keep saying that, keep saying that. Now, another side that uh, had a bit of a scare and had to wait till the 93rd minute of the game was Leeds United. They were pathetic for 80 minutes of the game. 80 minutes of the game until they got a penalty, got back in the game just towards the end, and then they managed to score 93rd minutes, and they are in the next round. Of course, they still have to get through the replay. Now, other Premier League sides, Newcastle, Nottingham Forest, and Bournemouth are all out, and the giants of the competition, have you heard of a team called Liverpool? Well, they also had a bit of a scare against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Two-all draw in the end for them, but they just are looking at the moment. They really don't look good. I'm not sure what's going on there, whether it's issues with the manager, whether it's the loss of Sadio Mane, or what it might be. It's just really, really weird what's going on there. And they drew two-all against Wolves, and they'll have to have a replay. But this time, they'll have to go and uh, win that game because it does end that evening. It's either extra time and penalties. And then the other result of the weekend that most people are going, how on earth did that happen? And that is the results for Newcastle United, a side that have gone unbeaten in 15 matches, played uh, the lower division Sheffield Wednesday. They themselves unbeaten in 10 matches. And they've put Newcastle out. Now, the last time Newcastle won the FA Cup was in 1955. They've had no trophies whatsoever since then. And they looked on course this year, the way they've been playing, that perhaps it could have been the year for them. No such luck. They are out of the FA Cup. And how about this? So Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKellany, the two Hollywood actors who co Owen Wrexham have led the celebrations on social media after their non league sides 4 3 victory at Coventry. Coventry were just as a couple of years ago in the Premier League. Wow, that is just amazing. They've taken away the glory. And it's nice to see some guys like Brian Reynolds and his partner who are Americans but obviously love football and they know that the World Cup's coming to the United States. Invested some money in the team. We used to have a good joke about Wrexham, but we can't tell that on this family show. And uh, they've gone through uh, to the next round. So you must be wondering to yourself, so I keep talking about the next round. What is the fixtures for the next round? Well, it's either Man City playing Oxford or Arsenal. That game is tonight. We'll give you the result tomorrow. Manchester United, I don't want to put a curse on them, but they're a good draw for them. They've drawn Reading. They were emphatic on Friday evening in beating what is a very, very poor Everton side. And I know it's still early in the new year and there's still half the season to go, but I think Everton have got to be in that list of potential relegation. They've never been relegated from the top flight of English football in all those years, along with a couple of other, only four other teams in total. And uh, they are in desperate trouble at the moment. So is their manager. You might be looking for a new job now. Man United have drawn Reading mm. at Old Trafford. They should be happy with that draw. Preston North End have drawn Spurs. Southampton have drawn Blackpool. Brighton and Hove Albion will play either Liverpool or Wolverhampton Wanderers. That game to be replayed. That will be played at Brighton. And Brighton are having an outstanding season. question is, how long can they keep Mac Allister, the Argentinian who plays for them with the Scottish name, how long they can keep him at the club? Saw a video yesterday of how they welcomed him back from the World Cup. Absolutely wonderful scenes. Then Fulham, Craven Cottage will be in the venue for their game against Sunderland. And here's another one: Borham Wood or Ackmington Stanley will either play Cardiff or Leeds. So both matches have to be replayed. Wrexham, as I mentioned, Ryan Reynolds' team will play Sheffield United, a home tie in the next round of the FA Cup. Then it is Ipswich against Burnley. Burnley were relegated from the Premier League last season, but back in contention and running riot in the championship at the moment. They'll most probably be promoted even before the end of the season, before the matches end at the end of the season. They are travelling away to Ipswich Town. Then Luton or Wigan will play Grimsby Town. Derby County will play West Ham United. Stoke City will play Stevenage. That is a great draw for Stevenage because If they could beat Aston Villa from the Premier League, I'm sure they can give Stoke City a really hard time. Then Blackburn Rovers play either Forest Green or Birmingham City. Walsall will play Leicester City. Sheffield Wednesday will play Fleetwood Town. Bristol or Swansea will take on Chesterfield or West Bromwich Albion. So one game left, that is tonight when Oxford United take on Arsenal. The way things have been going and the form that Arsenal have shown, if Mr. Arteta decides to play, a full-strength side, then I think Arsenal will be far too good for the Oxford United side. But it should be a really good game. Look forward to uh, watching that one this evening and bringing you the stories tomorrow with regards to that game goes. So it's going to be very interesting indeed to uh, see what happens. And talking about Jake White's He's in hospital. He had to undergo emergency abdominal surgery last night. was under the weather and was unable to travel to Rodney Parade when the Bulls played the Dragons on Friday night. Everybody said he wasn't there because he had flu. Well, the Bulls landed back at uh, Oatambo International on Sunday morning, and White is now seemingly on the mend. However, the franchise said that he complained of debilitating stomach cramps on Sunday afternoon, he was rushed to hospital before undergoing an emergency operation at around six o'clock last night. The successful two hour surgery took place at a Pretoria hospital, and doctors are pleased to say that everything went well. The medical team is confident that he'll make a full recovery and return to his role soon. The pool CEO, Edgar Rathbone, visited Wiking Hospital this morning and conveyed the union's messages of get well messages, so that is amazing. Now, the other event that's currently on at the moment is the Dakar Rally. Now, it got nothing to do with Dakar. It goes nowhere near Dakar anymore. It used to be Paris-Le Cap one year, Paris-Dakar. It's still called the carrier of the Dakar, and Kirsten Lundman has taken the South African spirit of Ubuntu to Saudi Arabia. Early on in the race, the KwaZulu Hotel-based rider sacrificed her own race when a fellow rider got injured. On stage four, actions in assisting the fallen rider of Cena being called one of this year's Dakar heroes. The stage four start luntman and Saudi Arabian Al-Ghanam set off in tricky sandy conditions. The duo navigated a sand bowl, but a second one smaller than the one that took them by surprise. They landed in the bowl, shattering the dreams. The right ankle was in bad shape. The left one is broken. Landman ordered her stage to tend to the rider, radioing for a helicopter and staying with him until he was in the aircraft and under full medical control. For her, 2023 Dakar had not been too kind from the start. It was almost an impossible challenge. She tried to make the most of each stage and although it might not be where she imagined she'd be after eight stages, she's 79th out of 106 riders she had been complaining about severe fatigue in this year's rate, but she keeps a positive attitude and that the rest day could not have come at a better day. Now, of course, uh, a lot of the favourites have been doing exceptionally well in the Dakar Rally, and uh, we will keep you updated. Of course, it goes a long way, Does this uh, rally it takes a long time. And Henk Atosan and co-driver Brett Cummings handed the Toyota Kazoo Racing Team a well-earned 1-2 at the halfway point of the race. They finish stage eight in fourth place. The South Africans are in second place on the overall log behind their teammates, Nasser Al-Atiyah and Matteo Bommel. Al-Atiyah and Bommel finish the second stage in second place. They still managed to extend their lead at the top of the time. Janil de Villiers and Dennis Murphy, teammates to Latakhan and Al-Atiyah and Racing GR DKL Hilux are fifth overall, but two hours, four minutes and two seconds off Al-Atiyah's pace. And Lata Khan explained how he and Cummings had navigated the rocky terrain. They really didn't push because they knew how difficult the stage was. That is it for tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. I hope you've enjoyed our little chats. We will be back tomorrow evening. Don't forget to join us when Jacques Fall, the CEO of the Titans franchise, joins us as our special guest, as well as the fact that tomorrow is the start of the SAT Twenty. Derby at Newlands. I'm sure Newlands will be packed. We still have visitors in our beautiful province from around the country. And uh, it's going to be a tremendous atmosphere. I know it's a day-night game, but the sun only sets here about 8 o'clock. And it will be an incredible atmosphere. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of brown ale and a few cold drinks being drunk by the fans at Newlands tomorrow. That's tonight's edition. i from the boardroom to the locker room. And tomorrow evening, as always, be kind to each other. Bye-bye.